Hey folks, what are the Redneck Country Podcast? You're on with Real Redneck, Tom Millard, and of course we've got the Almost Guy, Real Redneck Bill, Tom Bill, are you there? I am here, and uh, it's a beautiful night for a podcast. It is a beautiful night for a podcast, and you know what? It's been a while since I've got to do that. It has. It has. We missed uh, a week there with life and events of, of reality, uh, <laughs> but we, we're back at it and uh, glad to be talking to you guys tonight. And uh, before we, we go too far, I just want to let you know that I am wired for sound tonight. Oh, you're wired uh, for sound? Absolutely. Define, got, define what that means. I've got my blood pressure cuff uh, on from uh, Stevenson <laughs> Memorial Hospital that uh, I have a 24-hour blood pressure monitor going on, and I'm interested to see if it goes up or down talking Wait, to you Let tonight. me tell you something. I am impressed because you've had a week-and-a-half hiatus from me, and yet here we are still needing to have the cuff on. So I feel much better knowing it's not me. I cannot be the catalyst. <laughs> Well, I can tell you right now. Unless it's it your heart was, missing me, and it's slowly the. Is the, that the, what the, it is? Yeah, it's 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 just getting weaker, and it's like one thirty nine over something. I it went off, so we're good. Over eighty nine. So that's the start. That's our foundation base point for this podcast. And if it goes up or down, we'll let you know. <laughs> uh, or if we hear the flat line, mm. Candace. We need you to fill in. <laughs> that, yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, are you alone yeah. tonight? No, I'm not alone. Sitting beside me, driving me insane, as always, is the patriarch of redneck country, my father, real redneck, Domilar dad. Is your mic hot? It's hot. It was a beautiful night for a walk over, but I didn't get to do it. I got dropped off. We just left the soccer game. And how did the uh, the match go? Well, <laughs> the blue team lost, but uh, the blue team only because of the ref, and I let them know it. But the blue team's uh, star player had a couple of really good runs and some and some really good shots on goal, and uh, I was impressed, and she had fun, so that was the main thing. I, I would imagine that you are a coach's and a ref's worst nightmare. <laughs> and, a, and a spouse's. Yeah, I'm sure your wife doesn't sit with you at these oh, things, does oh, she? She was moving back and she was giving <laughs> yeah. comments to Todd, Todd. Like, stop it, Todd. Like, yeah. Okay, so for starters, it's eight and nine-year-olds, right? So (laughs) the referee is a teenager, like, I don't know, 15. His mom came and picked him up, enough said. And so regardless, he has taken this way too serious. The kids don't even know what positions are like it, they look like a swarm of bees chasing chasing honey right like it's just all over the place so come a hey, hey, come on he's calling everything under the sun well i and 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 so i will admit that soccer or as across the pond as football it is not my forte and i i cannot stand Stand that sport. No, I'm not a fan of soccer either. I, I don't mean to offend any of our listeners who happen to like care, soccer. I don't care because if you like soccer, you're probably not listening to this podcast. And at the same time, at the same time that he is saying that this guy is, this kid's calling everything, uh, our goalie reached down, grabbed the ball, didn't pick it up, but put her hands on it, and then the other player came in and kicked it away from her and then he starts yelling oh come on ref blow the whistle blow the whistle so, so what no do you goal. want the ref the ref pulled it back because if not he had the wrath of parent on him yeah. <laughs> so, and then he starts yelling where's your bicycle and flatten your tires you're walking home tonight that, that was when Jen lost it. are you kidding me no oh. the ref he was a young punk kid he needed to have his tires that, deflated that's when Jen did lost did you not it. need to sign the, the parent uh, contract that says I will not hurt Ass refs or I've or not active. seen this thing. Not a yeah. chance. I'm not lying though. I didn't even know that existed. Not in our neighborhood. Oh, yeah. No, nope, no. Nope. Maybe I just had to sign <laughs> yeah, that. Was- yeah, enough said. But let me tell you. So I go and and lo and behold, my buddy who's plays pickup with us for 20 years. And when I say pickup people, it's not soccer. No, it's hockey. So anyway, I, my my buddy has played pickup with us for 20 years, and I mean probably the best hockey player that I have ever seen play. I mean, was going to the show and then it, it, it crap happened, but unbelievable. It, he, 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 
15 years ago bought goalie equipment because he's bored playing out. I mean, we could enter tournaments and be like, we're down three, we're down five. It, we need five goals, go. And, and it would just be a show. So I'm sitting with him. I didn't know he also played soccer and actually was provincial champion. I found that out tonight. But when we, it was a pleasant surprise. We get there, we're like, hey, hey. Is your kid on that? Yeah. Oh, our daughters are on the same team. We didn't even know it. So it was kind of wicked. So I'm sitting with him and he has a hard time because he's, as you can imagine, very competitive himself. Oh, and so, I can imagine. But so, he controlled himself. Well, no. He, he's, Most adults do. He's very quiet to start with. So if he starts saying anything, that's the equivalent of me standing up and losing my mind. <laughs> so then he was getting excited. I'll tell you what. This referee, and he might be a nice kid. I don't know. But I was, I mean, come on. The, the ball came in and was like, they, the way, reason the other team won, they kicked it high. The girl blocked with her face with her arms and he called it a handball. And so I don't know this, the rules, but my buddy was yelling, that was a direct, a direct or something like that. I don't even know what the term is, which means it it's not an intentional handball. Gives her a penalty kick. You have an eight-year-old on a penalty kick in a giant soccer net with a smaller eight-year-old in the net. There is no way this ball's not going in. The kid is a, looks like a micro machine in that net. Come on. Really? A penalty shot? So, yeah, that's how they won. And it wasn't even a penalty. I, re- I digress. A little bit. I, I don't I, know I soccer, but I get a little hard. You get there. Yeah. yeah. And the ref was taking it way too serious. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, dude, let that. me tell you. I want to <laughs> shove that whistle up somewhere where he'd be blowing it if he ate some tacos. I'll tell you oh, what. Man, but oh, let me man. tell you. So, I will sell end that whole conversation. We'll get to some redneck stuff by saying that you, any kid, is just as good as the other kid in sports if they have confidence. It's there, it is not talent at that young age. Talent is made as they get old. It's confidence that builds that talent. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's why I, my kid's one of the smallest, like a little rocket ship. But I said, you, you kick that ball with confidence. You're the best. You're the best. You're the best. You think that that's your ball. You go. And that I believe is a differentiator in a lot of kids' mind. Cause you see the timid kid and you just know they're going to struggle with sports where they're, they're, they're physically the same. Like they're eight years old. Look at them. And, yeah. it, and I, 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 I very, very, very well believe it's just confidence. Any kid that has confidence and look out. There you go. That's what we need to hear that coaches sure. confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, did you tell the referee that too? I didn't have to. He could tell that we exuded it. <laughs> Yeah. And I say we. <laughs> oh, there you go. So I guess that's what you did tonight. That's what I did tonight. Uh, and uh, I'll actually, go. Tonight, I'll go later. What I did the prior because I maybe we'll run out of time. Um, hopefully, because I want to make sure we get there. So um, the day today it was a very it was a very sad day for for the almost guy that's for sure because it was the first day after the end of the turkey hunting season where I had to put my tag on to, to oh, and, and we just and lost it, Bill say that again sorry you there yep you put your tag on to what you want me to go back <laughs> I want you to relive the moment <laughs> yeah well, I can do that it was a sad day because you put your, it was the last day of turkey season and you put your tag on the what? Two slices of gluten-free bread. <laughs> tag sandwich. And I had a, a nice tag sandwich there because the almost guy did not capitalize on a bird this year. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say... It's just confidence, Bill. That's what makes the difference between is? a good hunter and a bad hunter is confidence. You just got to make it happen. I believe <laughs> that it was commitment issues from the birds I was hunting. That's what I truly believe happened in, in my turkey hunting season this year. So did so, you get out this last weekend? I did not. I, um, so it I was commitment issues different. by the turkeys? It was a little column A, a little column B on the last weekend. <laughs> it was a very miserable, rainy weekend. And I said, I am not getting up at 345. I'm going to live vicariously through your dad. And the Redneck Country Podcast got a bird this year. <laughs> yes, we got a bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm saying. I mean, we got a bird based on the guide, I think. So yeah, Is that, yeah. I'm pumped. Okay, I'm pumped. And, and let me let me ask you. How- did you have any special uh, meals today? We had a little bit of a commitment issue this year, <laughs> <Yeah>. Bill. <laughs> t- t- tell me about that, because I think we should end our, our turkey hunting season before we move on to anything else. Well, so you, don't how, really, how your, you don't really have a end? great season when you've only committed four days to the hunt. <laughs> Actually, that's all I did, too. I did one, three days down here or up here and then one day with my brother. And that was certainly not enough to to get out there and, and make it happen. Here, That's here. Sure. And, and I'll tell you, it doesn't. So I'm going to comfort you, Bill, and then you can comfort me. Okay. So it doesn't make you any less of a hunter than the next guy. If one season you only get out four times. I thought about this because I thought, what kind of a hunter am I? I only got out four freaking times. Normally, there's nobody hunts more than me. I mean, I'm out there. And then when it comes down in the last two weeks, two weeks, not last week, the last two weeks, and I still have a tag burning a hole in my pocket, dude, I'm out there every night. I'm, I'm, I'm out early mornings, like nonstop until that tag is filled. I, uh, I like, you know what I mean? But, but this I year, I, I will tell you when it got down to uh, towards the end, we couldn't go. The last Saturday that we were going to go, we couldn't go. It was something come up. We couldn't make it. So we were going to go Friday morning and then Todd was going to race back in and go to work. We weren't sure where Scott and Michael were going to go. And so we debated, you know, do we go back to the same spot and maybe mess it up for them the next morning? Or do we try this new spot? And Todd reasoned that, okay, you know what? We've got to go to this new spot because we don't know the layout of the land. We don't know the layout of the woods. And we need to find it out at least for next year. We're planning for next year. So I've already thrown in the towel mentally on the fourth, on the last. (laughs) Last opportunity, we're trying a brand new spot. But it it was pretty cool. I mean, it was a fair walk in and we, we did it fine. We got in there, found this wonderful spot where we could oh, see it was an awesome fields. spot yeah. awesome spot we were well hidden and and comfortable and we could see two fields and it was we, we knew they crossed there we'd seen them cross before from the highway and we we'd hunted uh west of east of uh, west of us and we'd seen them come through over where we were so we thought okay we got a good shot at it here but it got late and there wasn't a gobble anywhere we heard nothing saw nothing and we sat there for, you know, a couple, three hours. And then I said to Todd, i really like to take a look at that field we can't see from here, the other side of the fence row. He says, well, I got to go to work anyway. Let's go look. So we, we walked over there, and there was one hen in that bird, and that was there in that field. And that's all we saw all morning was that one hen, one hen we're on the way out. Didn't even hear a gobble. I can't no, remember the last time. discouraging. Yeah, I you can't know, remember it, the it, last yeah. time I hunted and didn't hear a gobble. Yeah, I agree. And nothing is more discouraging at first light when you know there should be a gobble and there's not. Yep. And on top of you that, know. it poured rain on us. Ah, that, that's the second thing that makes it terrible. Yeah. And then so. the other thing, it would be if it was windy. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. that combination would have just well, been. The wind came up a little <laughs> bit with the rain, but it wasn't horrendous. But yeah, yeah. it rained on us. So anyway, that was it. And uh, then Todd had another commitment the next weekend. So. We were done. We were through. However, I have to give a shout out to Jacob. You're welcome, Dad. I guided you in on that bird. You know it. Well, well, yeah. I just, I'll tell you what I cooked it in a minute. But I want to give a shout out to <laughs> Jacob and Dale Butcher because they each connected on a bird late in the season and sent me pictures. And so, yeah, uh, Dale's wife and Jacob's mom. Uh, she was quite pumped that they were they're going to have turkey this year, so she reported it in, sent a couple pictures, and so they had a couple nice birds. Butchers from Dorchester yeah. Way. Jacob's oh, very good. We might have to have them on the podcast. Actually, hear yeah. about how people shoot turkeys. Jacob, got <laughs> yeah, a 20- I think we might uh, <laughs> might need to take some pointers and tips from somebody who was successful. Jacob got a twenty five pounder, so he was pretty happy about that. And uh, nice however, Dale forgot to weigh, weigh his. He had it half clean before he weighed it, so he was just guessing at the weight. So anyway, they were successful. Now, what I did was I took one of those breasts, like one half of the turkey breast. I sliced it in half, made a big pot of dressing, 
I laid out the breast on, on a sheet, put the dressing down, played the other half over it, tied it up with a string, put it in the oven for, for an hour, a couple hours until the temperature was right. And I had wild turkey and dressing. And the, re- the breast that was left over after that, I made into uh, turkey a la king and wild turkey soup. So my freezer oh. is full of wild turkey soup, and it is delicious. So there you go. Oh, that sounds uh, sounds a lot better than what I had for tagged soup and, uh, yeah, no. and sandwiches there. <laughs> so, well, that's good. Congratulations, uh, Mr. Millard, uh, senior. Thank you. Junior. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. Actually, yeah, well, Todd, Todd hey. did work hard, and, and I yeah, felt well, bad. Oh, more. am I getting sympathy talk? Keep going. I'm not. I'm not giving you at all. This <laughs> no, is the Get Her Done Club, yeah, not yeah. the. <laughs> I felt bad that morning because I I always gave everybody the choice of the spots, and then I got talked out of that morning that I was successful at going down in the bottom. Take the top, and it paid off for me. So I was pretty pleased. See? I was pretty pumped. He's now admitting I guided him into that spot. Yeah, you know for sure, Don. If you, if if Todd got that bird, you wouldn't have said anything else. Like he wouldn't have felt bad about that at all. So you don't feel bad about taking that spot and oh. getting that bird. So no. feel bad. Who said he felt bad? I didn't hear those words come out of <laughs> <Yeah>. his mouth. <laughs> Not on your life. Good anyway. grief. So, so that con- is that concluding our turkey hunting talk? That's it. That's it for that, this that's season. It. That's all. But I mean, I got a, I got a one time uh, in between our podcast here, but same deal, commitment issues, and and I called her quits early. So no, no, no goblin. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had a, I had a, a real nice uh, couple gobbles coming in, and again they hung up, probably ninety hundred yards out in, in, Could you in see the them? bush. No, and that's the thing. And I no didn't see out? a turkey. No, I was in the woods. So, I mean, I, I did not see a turkey in the woods all year. I heard gobbles. I had birds coming in. I had hens. I had gobbles on the roost. But to put my eye on a bird while I was hunting, my turkey survey this year is going to be really easy. Really easy. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that public I service announcement for the country that. podcast. Dang. Don't forget to do your turkey survey or... I forgot sure about that thing. Yeah, right. Well, our good friend Dave Snook, who always seems to be in the know, said it was a tough year for a lot of hunters in our area. He said yeah. he a lot of a lot of tough hunting this year. Not a lot of birds taken. So I'm anxious to see what the survey shows, like the the numbers coming in. He figures that the, the coyotes are doing damage to them. So we'll have to wait and see. I don't know. There's a lot of turkeys around to be having there, coyotes there doing is. damage. We see a lot, but Heck yeah, it's getting yeah. in. I'm I'm more of the the breeding season and when it hits. And I think the beginning of this year, there is no excuse. We should have had birds down. Yeah, I think so too. I think it was you know, the I timing mean, was right. Like it just seemed like they didn't start breeding. Like there's been years that they're you're, you're noticing them breeding in March. Beginning uh, of I'm March. I'm not going to make excuses for for the way I uh, my lack of success, but I really there, the the times that I had the opportunity to go out, the weather was terrible. The, the weather was terrible. I worked throughout the course well, of the wind, week. Wind is the well, turkey it, hunter's it, nemesis because they just terrible. shut up and don't want to move. They, their leaves blowing. They can't tell where the danger is and everything makes them really leery. They don't like to respond with gobbles because they don't want coyotes and crap to know where they're at because they can't tell them coming in from all the movement. Yeah, the, the wind is the turkey hunter's nemesis, and there is enough days with wind. And cold. I had days where I was in a toque. Yeah. You know, and, and that's And that's not, fine. I've shot turkeys wearing wearing a snowsuit and toque with snow on the ground. I got no problem yeah. with that. <laughs> as long as it ain't windy. Yeah, I hate the winds, but anyways, that's a wrap. Yeah. That's a wrap on the turkey hunting. So what did you do this week, Bill? Well, I can tell you I went to the trap club and I and I won't go too much into that, but I had a really good day. Uh, for two reasons and if if my phone cuts out here uh, tell me so I can repeat it because that's how good it was <laughs> so on, on the way to trap club on Sunday um, it, I saw a coyote on the other side of the berm going towards the trap club 
And I'm thinking, you are a brave soul <laughs> with, a, with a line of, <laughs> the line of guys with 12-gauge uh, shotguns, and you're coming across, uh, across the berm towards the trap club. And we pulled down the, uh, the, the entranceway to Toronto International. I backed the band in. Candace Knight jumped out. And as soon as we jump out to the right, four deer bust out of the bush. And four deer come out of the bush and beeline it right across the trap line. And there is people shooting. There's, I don't know, five fields uh, uh, of uh, five fields plus skeet plus uh, international. There's a ton of shooting going on. And these deer, I mean, they they weren't sticking around, but they came right in front of uh, uh, where all the targets laid and then ran right across there. And I thought that was pretty neat. So it would be. Yeah, it was neat to uh, neat to see, and it was a good day, a good start to the day. But I had uh, I shot four rounds. I shot a 21, 22, 23, and the uh, singles, and I shot a twenty one at the twenty three yard handicap. So not a bad day for somebody who doesn't shoot a whole lot of handicap. But it was a good day. Right oh, right oh. Yeah. I haven't been to shooting. I don't know how long. See, I'm just, I'm waning as, 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 who is, who is Todd Millard? I don't know. I don't even know who I, I am no anymore. I have no idea. I talk shooting and you don't even cut me off. I mean, it's, it's, something's, something's weird here. <laughs> right? <laughs> There's an imbalance so, in the world, Bill. We got to get to the bottom of this. We haven't yeah. been shooting for a while. We haven't. And Bill and I were going to go today and then that storm hit and that ended up. Man. I didn't, well, I didn't get to go. Yeah, that, uh, that was that. I would try to get out there at least every Sunday. If we're too tired, it'll be every other Sunday. But I like to keep going. Frank, uh, his dad, his, his cousins, who he has a lot of cousins. Um, we we all shoot together, and, and Candace is, is coming along really well. Um, she's enjoying it. She's having fun, which if she breaks a 15 or a, a 21, it doesn't matter to her. And she's just enjoying the fact that she's uh, – able to get out there and pull the trigger on target so but she's got a an event this weekend i don't know if you know about that todd or not but she's going to do yeah. some uh leather somebody uh, might have asked me for a phone number and i might have gave it out without even asking permission yeah and she's she's been out she was up till one o'clock in the morning last night thank you very much <laughs> getting stuff ready because actually it was a, it's a pretty good deal for her she's gonna go to where's it waterford yep Waterford yep. uh, Gun Club and they put up a, a booth they had asked her Janice that there a, is running it right yeah yeah that's correct and she she made contact with Candace uh, on Saturday and or Saturday or Sunday whatever day it was and said hey look are you interested in coming down I know it's short notice but um, would you be willing to come down and, and showcase some of your leather stuff and yeah, and she's uh, was happy to go she's got a a bunch of things that she's she done here, gunslings, belts, uh, shooting bags, and, and a bunch of other jewelry jewelry and stuff. And she's going to bring a few things to sell maybe, but it, it might be a good catalyst for her to start uh, doing a little bit more leather work. And, and uh, it was a good opportunity. So if anybody's out and about, Candace Tom Leather Designs will be at uh, Waterford Gun Club this weekend for, I don't know what they're calling it. And if you're trying to or? find, yeah, I don't know what they're calling it. My bad. I think it's a range yeah. day. I think it's range day. But if you're really trying to find it, it's Candace Thom leather. Because if you look <laughs> up Candace Thom, you're not. Yeah, yeah you're going to be like, huh? I can't find this. Candace T H O M. And I think she's changing the name going forward. She's registering a business, but more to come. I don't want to give all her inside secrets out because I don't know them all. So I'm on a need to know basis, and some things I just don't need to know. So that's it. So, anyway, this is not about me. What you guys get up to this week? Well, Dad, do you want to go oh, first? Or what? Yeah. No, what? Who? Yeah, let's just talk to your dad because I, I want you to wrap this up with your. Uh, no, I, I and, and Dad, if, if you take all the time, by all means. <laughs> rock and roll. I didn't do a lot. I went to uh, <laughs> I went to a car show between Lions and uh, and oh shoot, forget the name of Springfield. Now, apparently, it was the first car show that they ever had there, but I didn't take my car. I, was, uh, I wasn't I was too sure about the show, and it was 9 to 5. I didn't want to sit there that long, so I didn't really uh, want to take the car there and then and be disappointed and leave. But Bill and I went to the show. 
we went to see the guys in the cars. And so they had a pretty good turnout. And, and there was some people there I knew. My cousin's husband was there with his car. So we had a good visit. There was a, an antique show, too. So they had lots of antiques and stuff for sale. But it, it was a good show. And there was some nice cars. There were some cars I hadn't seen before because it was east of here. And so cars were coming from the east that don't normally see in the regular weekly runs in St. Thomas. So there was some really smart cars that I got a chance to see. So I enjoyed that. Meet some um, new people as well, which is always fun. Yeah, met some new people. I had a nice visit with my cousin's husband and, and a few others that, that I knew there. And some, met some new people. It was awesome. So we had a good time there. Other than that, uh, there's not much going on around town. i just been working in the yard and uh, trying to keep things straight. And that was pretty much it. And which is fantastic because that leaves a lot of time to talk about <laughs> what happened. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, in fact, I thought we were going to go the last Saturday of the turkey season. And I kept saying to my wife, Todd must be working late. I haven't heard from him. He hasn't contacted me. I don't know where we're going. And I don't know what time we're going or anything. And it's the last Saturday. And and then uh, he texts me and I get this picture of him working on his on his uh, new canoe kayak and i thought oh he's gonna go he's gonna go camping this weekend and he's gonna go fishing and we're not even gonna go to the shoot and i thought maybe we're not going hunting and sure enough we didn't go hunting well that was the weekend before because that's why we went on the friday because i was camping on the saturday that's right and then you were fishing then and then you were still i didn't fish i i worked on my kayak we went camping so i didn't say that because we survived a near-death experience bill oh so that yeah that'll suck up some more time so we went (laughs) he doesn't want to talk about the last weekend we went we did not we went turkey that last turkey hunt dad talked about was on the friday because the family wanted to go camping may 2-4 weekend in canada big big deal right first first week first long weekend finally after winter and everybody wants to go camping so we went camping and the lake that we went to i have a honey hole that i just i can smash walleye like every i i troll with a little spinner worm harness uh, with a worm on and every time i pass this little bump and i've talked about this last year on the podcast that how i found it every time i go over this little hump boom and, and i can pull in a 16 18 inch uh, walleye all day long and so i thought all right let's go like so normally we'd be at the gun club shooting the may 2-4 shoot i've got 13 flats of shells right now and i'm being really careful on where i spend those 13 flats because it is hard to find shells and if you do it is expensive as crap double the price of what they were last year so and the turnout that weekend we bill and i went out well it was it was less than half of what they normally get less than half there was we looked for a lot of people that we wanted to spend some time with and they were not there now let's and have that. You, you know, not to, not to get on too much of a tangent here, but no, I take agree. Your time, take your time. That the, the the price of ammunition, at what it is uh, for what I shoot, it's, it's gas, yeah. gone up. The gas to get go places. Yep. People just aren't going to be going to shoots as much this year. I'll go to a couple at a Toronto International, which is where I practice anyway, seventeen minutes from home. But you're right. I don't have. I got one, two, maybe seven plots of shells left. And I'm being very careful as to where I spend those too. Yeah. Because yeah. I, so, I can't afford this. And then when you do go, you haven't practiced enough that you're, you're going to even hold, hold a candle, right? And you're going to make maybe get lucky if you forgot a bad habit. So I thought, okay, kid, the family wants to go camping and I've been working like crazy. So let's do it. Let, we'll go camping. I'll take the kayak. I know this lake's awesome. And I got my new fish finder, my new trolling motor. And so I mounted my trolling motor the, the week before, like in the garage, the couple nights before. And, but I wanted to run new. I want, I got a new battery. I got a hundred amp hour lithium battery. So it weighs like 14 pounds, but it's a hundred amp hour. Like you put that to lead acid, you're over a hundred pounds. Well, you can't do that in a kayak, right? Like, Hey, you, you could, my kayak's rated for 650 pounds, but yeah, you don't want to do that. But you don't want to be carrying it. It's a pain to carry that thing and drag it from your truck to the, cause you, you launch a kayak, not at a boat launch. Typically you mm-hmm. can launch it wherever you want. You, the more crap and heavier you got to carry it ain't fun. So I, I, I thought I normally put my battery in my hatch cause the front has a big hatch and I had an 80 amp hour battery that would fit in there. But this is a hundred amp hour 
or it goes up a class, it will not fit in that hatch just by a couple inches, but it's still really light. So I, I got a battery box off my trailer because I, we never, we always get a hydro site and it had a big battery box. So I, took that off. It fits perfectly because the new canoe Frontier 12 was built for the kayak do-it-yourselfer. So put it in the back. Well, now I got to run wires, uh, eight gauge wires from the back where the battery is all the way because it's a bow mount trolling motor and it's a Minn Kota 55 pound power drive with iPilot, which buddy after this last fishing tournament is worth its money. If you are going to buy a trolling motor and you're debating on, do I need the, the function called spot lock, uh, Oh, that's a motor guide or iPilot on the Minn Kota. Yes, you do. Where's its weight in gold? Is I it? will get there and tell you, my man, it is that and then some. But anyway, okay. I digress. So, and then because I really debated it, do I need it? Do I, do I like, it's an extra couple hundred bucks. Do I really need it? Oh my gosh, dude. But let me get there. So, and then I got my new Garmin fish finder that I got for Christmas that I haven't mounted that yet either. And so I got to mount that. So we get to the trailer and we set all up. And so the next day I thought, okay, I'm going to take today, get it all set up. If I get done early, okay, then I'll go out fishing. But if not, well, I got tomorrow. So I was working on it. Well, then I got some more brain. Well, wait a minute. I could put a couple, I had lots of electrical ports. And so I, I'm like, I'm, I'm laying them out. Where do I want them? I had to go in get a drill bit from town and get one of them step bits so that I could get the size just perfect. Cause you want the holes you drill in your kayak to be filled perfectly. So went in, got a step bit, come back. And so I, I did most of it, but I still wasn't done come Sunday. So I was finishing it on Sunday. So on Sunday, the soldering iron that I had for soldering, I'm just soldering the last few wires. It bites the bullet. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I got a few <laughs> wires left. I said to Jen, all right, it's getting to be one o'clock. I need a soldering iron. I'm going to just pop into town, hit the local home hardware, Home Depot, Canadian Tire, whatever I can hit, get a soldering iron, and I'll be back. It looks like it's about to rain, so it'll be the perfect time. So Jen said, well, I'm probably going to go shower then. I said, all right. So at my youngest, Avery, I'm coming with you, Dad. Great, let's go. So we get in the van, and we go, well, it's a long ways out of this park. And then it's also a conservation area with a dam. So it, it's a long ways and there's, there's separate areas. There's like the campground area and then there's a the conservation area. So we get out to the conservation area and I go to go left over the dam. I'm at a three-way stop and they're, they're all of a sudden out of nowhere, this wind comes, this rain comes and it is torment right towards my wife's van. And it's circling in front of the van in that big three-way stop. And I thought, that's really weird. I've not really seen in the 43 years of my life. I've not seen that a whole lot. So I got on, I thought I better call Jen because we're in a pop-up and because the wife won't let me have anything better because that's not camping. <laughs> so I thought she better take Megan with her to the shower. Cause that's an all concrete building. And this looks scary right now. So I dial and I get no answer. And I thought, well, all right, I, maybe she's already gone. So I start to head over the dam. I got to go over the dam to get into town. As I go over the dam, there's an older gentleman with his bike. He's hiding behind a pillar on the middle of the dam. The wind is blowing and it is all he can do to hold that bike in his hands from blowing over no the kidding. dam. No kid, that much wind. Like it was insane. I just about get across the bridge of the dam and I get a text from my daughter, Megan, dad, we need your help. Well, I'm on it, man. A 180 and I'm flying back because I, I knew it. I get back. Now, this is the this is an awesome part. I get back to six people on my site and my wife and my daughter. The rain is coming down like you would not believe. They are soaked to the bone. And these dudes are rednecking a ratchet strap to hold up my awning because a 25 foot limb. I mean, this thing is huge. I don't even know. 10, 12 inches around came straight down from a hundred feet in the air and crushed my canopy and add a room. And are you kidding? Crushed it. Just and I'll tell you, 25, 25 feet long is not a short little limb. That thing would have cut that van in half. So we were lucky. Your Just, van was parked right where that limb yeah, fell? Yeah, dude. And so like it, my van was at the end of the lot and that limb was from the end of the lot over and right through my awning, like my can, my, like an awning with an add room and crushed it. It would have cut my van in half 
and it still took out. But luckily, Jen, all of a sudden, she said it, it sounded like a freight train coming. When and so she said instead of showering, she started grabbing chairs and making sure everything was you know buttoned down tight. Luckily, my daughter went in to close the windows in the trailer because she was in the outer room. And oh, so geez. it all just worked out. And then all the neighbors there ratchet strapping because the poles were toast. So they're the redneck ingenuity with sticks and ratchet straps to hold my awning up for us for the rest of the weekend in pouring rain. So well, we then mm-hmm. turned around, went into town. I got my soldering iron. I bought all the neighbors, Canadian or um, Tim Hortons gift cards and my youngest handed them out to say thanks. And so, yeah, that oh, was that's something special. I mean, you were lucky enough. Somebody's looking down on you that you didn't get crushed or anything happened. Yeah, I mean, you could have got a new van out of it. If nobody was hurt, yeah, that, right, that might have right? been a, an option. <laughs> but Insurance <laughs> wouldn't have taken kindly to that. <laughs> so. All seriousness, no, it's good that you weren't hurt. Nobody was injured, uh, and and uh, good neighbors helping out. Yeah, so. it was awesome. It was redneck country in, in itself, right there, and they didn't even know it. And I'm like, man, and they're like, no, that's what campers do. I'm like, well, that's what humans do. And I'm that's so right. impressed by that, right? So because that's not what humans always do, but they should. So yeah, it was pretty wicked. So anyway, that that was that weekend. That's the weekend Dad's talking about. That's why we went turkey hunting on Friday. But this last weekend was the last weekend of turkey season. We didn't go because I had my first bass tournament, Ontario Kayak Bass Trail Bass Tournament of the Year was this this past weekend in Sudbury because bass season opened up there. Because yeah, it doesn't it's... open here until the end of June, last Saturday in June. So nobody go out there bass fishing yet. But no, up, up in, up in Sudbury, in yeah, Sudbury, Ontario, way up. So my whirlwind of a Friday, I planned on taking Friday off, and I just couldn't. Uh, a lot of stuff happened in my favor in a, in a positive way that busyness came in, in a good way. So I really couldn't, I, and, and my manager said, Todd, you get out of here as soon as you can. And I just couldn't. So in 30 hours, Bill, I left my home. I drove it's it's a five and a half hour drive according to Google, but you stop and got to get gas. You got to stop and eat and get to the hotel. And then of course, Bass Pro is in between me and there. So you got to stop at Bass Pro. So it was seven hours on the road. So 30 hours total, seven hours there. I was 10 hours on the water and then seven hours home. It was, it was, that's a long haul. And that's I not mean, even, it was actually 30. what did I say? 30 hours, I think was my total time. So, so do the math on however long it took me to get home. I, 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 I cruised home pretty good, but 31 hours. So, so 30, 31 yeah. hours. That was my day. I was back home Saturday at 10 PM. Tell me how the fishing went. Oh, that's, that's what, okay. So on the way up. It was unbelievable because I, I had gone to Bass Pro. I texted you. I almost went. I, I had to be very close to your place. And I'm going down. Close. There was if a. If you went up to 400. Yeah, I and did. you passed yeah, Royal Royal Distributing. Yeah. That's my exit right there. Well, it had me so. detour right after, not too far up up the 400 from Vaughn because traffic, because I'm hitting there at like 530, which was yeah. absolutely stupid. And I couldn't do what you do, buddy. I could not. So Waze on my phone has taken me off and I was on Queen or King or I don't know what that side road is. It runs parallel there to the 400 right off it. And yes. so I drove up that. There was turkeys everywhere buddy i don't know how you didn't shoot a turkey yeah. i had a i had a gobbler 20 yards from the truck on a on a on a knoll nothing around it redhead standing there staring at me oh yeah. I, like it was insanity and i still didn't get a bird but eh, we digress anyway. i digress i digress so anyway I'm, I'm on my way i get past that and i don't know how far i didn't think i was maybe an hour away from you uh, i thought and it could have been more i'd have to i guess check my phone but as i'm driving it the it, it's when the rocks start to come right and you got the cliffs on both sides where yep. they blow the dynamite and it's beautiful shale rock and uh, line in the highway and at times it's a hundred plus feet in the air and you're like, it, it's almost like you're in a, in a canal, but you're not right. Cause of the rock walls on each side of the highway, highway 69. It's a, it's a pretty cool travel. It, it, it is travel. beautiful. And then where it breaks, it's water rushing, like the French river running through and yep. with rapids and like, it's just un, unbelievable. So I'm coming and there's a deer crossing sign and I'm like, Oh, deer crossing sign. And there's two deer standing right there. Almost like Come they on. knew, they knew that's where you had to cross. And I'm like, 
Wicked. Well, then I look left and there's, uh, it was, it was in a spot. Of, I, I bet you at least a hundred foot of wall of rock. That's why the raccoons get killed so much. They don't have signs to show them where to cross like the deer do. <laughs> yeah. Good grief. <laughs> anyway, so I look to my left and there is a hundred foot wall of rock shale right there. Like at least a hundred feet way up with woods on the top. And I, and I look up and I go, who would have taken the time to put a freaking like a moose statue up there? Like what? And then all of a sudden it looks down and mo- moves its head and looks at me. And I'm like, dude, that's a real moose. And you talk about a postcard. If I could have stopped on highway 69, pulled over and took a picture of a giant moose on a hundred foot walk, rock wall, that, looking cool. down on you with trees behind it. And it was, it was on the edge. I was like, don't jump, don't jump. But oh yeah. dude, it was awesome. It was you jump right in the back of your pickup truck for the ride home. No doubt in my mind. I'd have held him too, man. It's a big truck. (laughs) Anyway. No, he'd have wrecked my kayak. Anyway, so I get up there and I had called Sudbury Travel. It it might have done you a favor. Yeah, you're not wrong. I called Sudbury Travel ahead of time to find out uh, because I knew you, you have to dock part of this tournament is you have to dock where others can dock. So whether it's a pay dock or a public dock, it doesn't matter, but you got to put your kayak. You can even park on the side of the road and go in as long as you don't cross private property. Everybody that's in the tournament must be able to dock there, whether they they can afford to pay it or not. Like you just can't go, Oh, my dad has a cottage and I'm going to go stay there. And then I'm going to put my boat in right on the water behind his cottage because not everybody can. That's private property. So I had looked up on Google. One of the guys that uh, works for me said, Oh, I used to live in Sudbury. Moonlight beach is awesome. So I called Sudbury travel. He even suggested, he says, call Sudbury travel. They have a great travel. And I'm like, really? Who calls local travel? I'm going to do it from now on. I get on the horn and this lady answers. She says, I kayak all the time and I go out of moonlight beach. It is a beautiful paddle. I'm like, I ain't paddling lady. I got a motor, but that's good to know. (laughs) So I said, where do I stay? She says, not less than five minutes up the road from moonlight beach is the moonlight Inn and suites. And it was just under new ownership and it's redone and it is beautiful. Sounds like you met a, a new friend. Right? So I call them. I book it. 95 bucks for the night. I'm in. Perfect. Get free continental breakfast. Doesn't matter. I'm gone in the morning anyway. So I pull and in. And if she's a kayaker, she's as crazy as you are. So carry on. <laughs> or athletic. as I'm Yeah. Right. So I, uh, I pulled into this hotel at like 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night or whatever time it was that I got there. And the gentleman's really nice. I said, hey, it's Todd. And, you know, I said I'd be and he's like, yep, here you go. He goes, continental breakfast at 730. I said, buddy, I will be gone at 430. I'm going. He goes, oh, you're in the fishing tournament. And because this parking lot is littered with kayaks. And I said, yes, I am. And he said, and I asked, can I leave my kayak in the truck? It's going to get stolen. He said, nope, good end of town and cameras everywhere. Perfect. Good to go. So he says, you know what? I will bring you a to-go bag. I'll not, you go get settled. What? I'll knock on your door. And I'm like, what? He's like, continental breakfast is included in the $95. So it's not fair that you have to leave. And I'm like, really? That's good people right I there. said, there's a Tim Hortons around, right? It's 24 seven. He's like, yeah, but no, I'll bring you something. So sure enough, not dude, this bag, I got apples, granola bars, yogurts, um, juice boxes, and microwavable quiches. And in my room is a microwave. Dude, at 430 in the morning, I'm eating microwavable quiches and apples. <laughs> and it was awesome. And my own Keurig machine in there for 95 bucks. I mean, That's I had $20 well, worth of groceries for, for in that 95 dollars well probably the reason why you did so well in the tournament is because you (laughs) i was well fueled (laughs) anyway i will tell you though i was getting some nice pictures of pike during the day (laughs) and i was envious that he actually was catching pike because the last time i went pike fishing with him I lost my pole before I caught a pike. Are you ever going to let that go? <laughs> he did. It went to the bottom of the lake. <laughs> I had to make sure he could still swim. He looked hot that day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I, I knew I had to be there from previous tournaments of last year. You, we thought an hour early was early because your line's in at six. You're allowed to be in the water at five. We thought an hour early, be there at five, get your kayak ready and get in was, was early. I knew it wasn't. So you need to be there an hour and a half early. So I was there at good time. And the lady had told me, you know, if you go to the second parking lot, it's easier to get your kayak to the water. 
I'm like score. Oh, Everybody's in the first because everybody is trying to launch at the same time. You got it right, and you're yeah, fighting. You're trying to get, but yeah. but this is a beach now. Normally, I am at a launch, and so you're as wide as a boat launch. So two or three kayakers at a time. But when there's 93 in the tournament, or like last year when the tournament was going 130. There, every place you can launch, there's people launching, like you're waiting, right? And parking lots are full. So I got there early. She says, go to the second parking lot. It's right over top of the beach. You can watch your stuff when you go to your truck. So when you come out, if there's people on the beach, you can still keep an eye if you got to make a couple trips. And, and she was really smart and nice about it. So I said, great. So I went to the second parking lot. There were still guys there. So everybody's loading up. I, I, I wait for everybody to go because, dude, I have a motor. <laughs> so... You guys go ahead, get, go, go get your paddle on. And, and, and the majority of the guys got pedals, which can go just as fast, but I don't have to work. So I finally get my kayak down the water. I get it launched in there and I have already got a game plan built. I am Navionics up. I know right where uh, I am going. Go. <laughs> uh, I've got a mission. I have Googled the crap out of this. I know they're in 20 feet of water and there's a spot called Bass Island. That's number spot number two, because it's on the way. Is there a different Island? It's spot number one. I'm going to hit there first. So I've got a game plan already mapped out and I am not leaving 20 foot of water because I'm catching the big smallmouth. because the way to win the tournament, don't catch the little dinks. You got to catch the big smallmouth, and they're in 20 feet of water. Let's just be clear. This is your plan. This is, I Googled the crap out of this. Okay. All right. Cause you just said I'm catching. So I get up to the Island that I, planned on fishing first thing there's already people fishing it so i'm like okay i gotta find a spot i get around the side of it and there's there's a good spot where you're not gonna infringe on somebody else's fishing you're not a jerk so i i'm right there now what i haven't told you is this new motor with i pilot i want to stop there normally i'd have to throw my anchor out i'm in 20 feet of water right i'm gonna stay in 20 feet of water is my whole game plan so i gotta throw my anchor out it, but not now. I got freaking, well, spot lock on the motor guide, but on the Minn Kota, it's called iPilot, but it's got an anchor button. So I hit the anchor button and this thing remembers where you hit it by GPS. And if you coast too far, it slowly brings you back to that spot. And then that motor just works to hold you in that spot. Uh, and you're running that off uh, like a little pendant around your neck. Yes. Yes. So the remote is bigger than my motor guide remote because it's got the GPS and everything. It's got an LCD yeah. screen on it. Right. But yeah, I wear it on my neck. So on like a, like a, a long, like a keychain, one of those keychains that you'd get, yeah, right? Like no, the long, it. long ones. Phoebe's got the same type of thing. And uh, I'm just waiting for one of you guys to drop it in the water. So I don't know if it floats or not. <laughs> I don't know either. Or is it waterproof when you I'm pretty in. sure it's waterproof. Oh, bite me. I'm pretty sure it's waterproof. So, but yeah, you hit it. And dude, I used it all day. And I'll tell you, 100 amp hour with that 55 pound Minn Kota. So my old school 55 pound motor guide that I had, and it was an older one, like a 2006. And it didn't have GPS. Yes, but it ate up my, my 80 amp hour battery probably in six hours, six and a half hours. I had 80 amp hour LifePo, uh, LifePo 4 lithium battery. And so I thought, man, is even a hundred going to be enough on this 55? But because it's newer and it's got the digitizer maximizer, they call it in there, but it's like a, a P, a, what do they call it? A, a PWM or whatever, a modulator. So it, depending on how fast you go is how much juice you use, where the old school motors on or off, that was it. It used the, the maximum amount of juice every time you hit the, the go, whether you're on speed one or speed 20. So they say, don't go full out with your power drive, just use it at middle speed and you'll get a, a lot more out of your battery. But I'm like, screw that. I've got a hundred amp hour battery and I want to see, and I do have a paddle, but I got the 80 amp hour in the hatch that I really could just pull out and hook up to the if my 100 amp hour runs out and I just would lose my fish finder or hook them both up off the same battery and hope I don't get interference. So, right. uh, yeah, so I, 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 I use that thing. I will say ahead of time right now, I use that motor full out. It's got 10 speeds, but it goes by half step. So it's got 20 speeds. I used it at speed 10 every time I move somewhere nonstop. And when I stopped, I use spot lock every time anchor on it. Every time I did not use my anchor once. So that motor did not turn off all day. And I still had juice in that hundred amp hour battery after 10 hours. That's crazy. And like you said, you were moving. 
I, yeah, you, I, you, I was fishing everywhere. Like I, well, I and, and when I wasn't, right? that motor was still working because I used that anchor feature that it it kept me in spot. It never stopped moving. Just really softly, really slow. You got to go straight over there. I said you got to move so much when you're not successful, right? Oh, you got to keep moving. You got to find them. That's, yeah, that's best you know, with all your research, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> I, I keep hear what you're saying. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm not catering to your negativity, <laughs> Bill. <laughs> so anyway, I come up to this spot and I'm like, "Ooh, this is a good spot." There's an island. It's all shoals. This whole lake is shoals, and every island or or side it goes like two feet, three feet, four feet, five feet, twenty feet, like crazy fast some spots 14 but a lot of it just drops and so to me that i'm like that's the money they had 20 to 30 feet this is what i googled so i grab a, a swim jig which our our buddy he's been on our podcast before i've gone fishing with him forever a good fishing buddy of mine really really good buddy of mine forever um Petey pavisic pp1 fishing he so i get him on the horn i'm like buddy you told me to get this swim jig what's going on he catches small he's like you would not believe and and i'm typically a largemouth guy those i can target right weeds and and top water and give me a tube jig or a wacky worm and i'll fight through and find them but smallies they elude me but this lake is nothing but smallies and if you want to win a tournament they go by length yeah, you, you need smallies. smallies so and i want big ones so i want the deep water smallies i want the monsters so i i'm fishing the, I, he says swim jig it buddy so i throw on the swim jig as soon as i get there and i throw in and the first cast i get tap tap oh that's a good sign this is a really good sign so so I, I don't, I miss it. I cast again, tap, tap, miss it again. Third cast, boom. I feel the hit, like my line just starts to go. And so I start to set the hook and it's like, nothing's even there. Just my line is just loose, just boom. Nothing there. I reel in. Not not tying one on one. No, and it was it was rock solid tied. It lasted two taps. Four taps. <laughs> two taps per time. No, it was something big. Just grabbed it and just bit it. It was bit clean off. Just like it wasn't even there. Just your just line just goes limp. Just boop. Have a good day. It wasn't any tug back or nothing. It was just gone. Like, yeah, that that wasn't a small mouth. Right. Like, uh, so now I don't feel so bad that that was probably something bigger than a small mouth. So with teeth. So I tie on my other swim jig, the identical one, start casting it, you know, about five or so cast later, bang. Now it's on. And this thing's diving deep and fighting. I'm like, this is a smallie. It is, it is driving to the bottom and I'm reeling and reeling and I pull it in. And I mean, it was a good 22, 24 inch pike, but it's not a smallie. And uh, it doesn't count for anything in this tournament. Nothing in this tournament. So take a picture and let it go and then start, keep casting, casting a little bit more because there's fish there. If there's smallies tip or if there's pike, typically there's bass going to be hanging around eating too. Right. So keep fishing nothing so okay i have my plan i got to get over to this bass island this was the first i was the second island was i i was going to hit based on my navionics and everything else i had and google i'm heading to bass island so i get over there, there's a bunch of guys there at this point i've not seen a person catch a fish yet so i'm thinking okay it's a slow day and i'm up because i've caught a pike so I got the swim jig on still. I, I come up around the other side of this island and I'm in 20 feet of water. This is it. This is what I Googled. So I hit that pilot, the anchor button and start fishing. I'm, I'm up against it between two islands and I'm fishing like a madman and nothing, nothing. And I, now I'm getting irritated. So I get on the horn and I'm like, Pete, you got to help me here, buddy. Like what, what's going on? He's like, okay, go the, to the, the, the phone of friend. The phone, phone of the, yes. the millionaire. <laughs> That's exactly it. And the other two options I wish were available to me too, but all I could do at that <laughs> moment is phone a friend. So Petey, help me, buddy. What am I doing? He's like drop shot, buddy. And he gave me everything I needed to know. I bought all the gear, it, uh, the exact brands on how to rig it so i've got the, the the two stoppers i can move that drop shot hook up or down by having the uh, the sinker stoppers the little rubber sinker stoppers on both Does sides your of my wife hook know how much you spent oh she does by now <laughs> <laughs> i'm assuming <laughs> but we don't talk about that no and yet talk. there's another podcast she won't listen to so <laughs> yeah. so so i have and i got the slip sinker down below so i i've got it all hooked i'm using a four inch finesse minnow um i'm ready to go like a rubber minnow finesse so I'm, I'm drop shotting like a madman and dude, nothing, nothing. And I'm just, okay, time to move. I move on. So 
I'm, I'm fishing away. Okay. I'm switching to a wacky worm. So I switch cause that's my go-to, right? Everything hits a wacky worm. So I switch to How a many wacky rods worm. You bring? Six. So are all six with different yes. setups or you could have to tie on? No, all six with different setups. And I had them pretty much set up, ready to go from that in my hotel right before my gentleman brought me my continental breakfast in a bag. That's awesome. So I was ready to rock. Yeah, I was ready to rock. Um, now I, I obviously tie on throughout the day cause I'm, I want to keep another one on a different rod and want to try something sure. completely different, like a, a, a jig. I was using a bladed jig for a little while and that got me nothing. So, but I tie on that. I had this wacky worm on, which I always have that on, right? Always got a wacky worm. Like that is, it, it, I don't care who you are. It looks like the stupidest presentation for fishing because it's so stinking simple. You hook this worm in the middle of its body with don't even hide the hook or anything with a, a weighted head on it like a three eighths jig head on it and, and just throw it out there. That's it. And they eat that. Oh my gosh. Yes. That is my favorite. Thank you. Mike Iconelli four inch general worm. Let's do it. So I throw that on, I throw it out there and tap, tap, tap. I set the hook and we're in. Oh yes. Old faithful comes through. I reel this sucker up and it's another pike. Yeah. Flip me. Straight two. Straight, Straight two. Three. Yeah. yeah. Three, four, five. So throw on a bladed jig and I'm fishing that. I'm going all the way along an island. Some guy rolls up and goes, geez. And I'm, I looked up and he's like 10 yards from me. And I'm like, Hey, and he's like, every time I come around a corner, you've beat me to a spot. <laughs> And I'm like, sorry, man. I said, you can't offend me. You want to tie off on me. We could just float together. <laughs> He's like, no, no, it's fine. I'll go down here. Which way are you fishing? I said, dude, it doesn't even matter. I don't even care. Go wherever you want. So he moves up ahead of me and he's fishing. I'm thinking I'd rather just watch and see if you catch one so I can see yeah, what are you using? What you're doing. Where are you fishing? <laughs> so That's the bent pole message. Yeah, you follow the bent pole. You got it. Like fish right beside me and, and either share my misery or show me what the heck you're doing. Yeah. And so I, nothing. I switched to a bladed jig, fished that for a while. Nothing. I, and big bladed jig because I want a big bass. I want to win this. I'm not in for little stupid small fish. Like I can usually catch little smaller largemouth all day long. I need long, large, smallmouth. So I fished around this island. I get to this big bay that opens up and it's like a little, a little inlet corner and there's cottages all the way around. There's guys working on building like a little boathouse. So I, I anchor in the middle, 10 feet of water fishing back to 14 to 18 feet. And I thought I'm going to try something completely different. I'm throwing on a spinner, a maps, a maps three. And, and I'm in the nickel capital of the world. So I threw on a nickel colored MEPS three. Well, you and stomping Tom right there yeah, side by I side. I tell you what. So in, in on a Sudbury Saturday night, <laughs> so I start throwing this and bam. Oh yes. I'm in 10 feet of water. That's where it's at. I start reeling. It's a pike. I throw it back. <laughs> so I throw it out again. Start reeling. Bam. I reel it in. It's another freaking pike. I mean, if this was a pikeathon, buddy, I would have crushed everybody. Not one so far, freaking small bass. Heard, you didn't catch a single single so, bass the whole time. Well, you so, know you were in a bass tournament, right? Right. right? Now I'm just it's getting to be noon. I've been fishing since six a.m. I'm starting to get dejected now. I don't even like. I'm just. It I don't took even you care. that long to get dejected? Yeah, I mean, you yeah. Perseverance. I, I, I tell you what, I got some stamina. So <laughs> I'm. I'm like now what? Well, screw it. Let's go try something completely off the wall. And I'm going to islands that I. I haven't seen guys around. I'm going to 40 feet of water. I'm going to 30 feet of water. I'm going to this island that's so full of seagulls. There's poop running down the sides of it from where it runs. Like it's white on the rocks. And maybe they like to eat seagull poop. So I'm going to fish right below that. I don't care if the seagulls are dive bombing me. Nothing. All day. Nothing but pike. And finished it up that way. Big old fat. So I'm like, zero. yeah, I thought, okay, so it was a tough day for guys, right? Like it had to be. It was rough. Nope. Do not no. ever look at the leaderboard. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I can be, I can admit it. I'll tell you what, maybe, maybe 15 of us didn't catch a fish, didn't, didn't log a, a smallmouth at a and 93. Your partner? Uh, he didn't go. I was by myself. Oh, you were. Okay. Flying solo. Yeah. I was by myself. 
So come to find out, I look, you gotta, you gotta take the picture with tourney X as an app, right? So the way they do these tournaments, and I said this before, you have a catch board has to be a catch board or a hog trough. That's the brand names. Um, so you catch the fish, you put it on the board, mouth closed up against the bump end, right? Facing left. It's face against the, has to be Mm -hmm. against the end of the board. You take a picture, you submit that picture with a little tag that identifies who you are up into the app. And then you get judged and entered in the leaderboard. So I start looking at, which I should have done this. And I thought, I'm not even going to look at my phone because I don't even want to know how bad the damage is on these guys. Stupid me. I should have looked because after it was over, and I mean well after, because they close it while judging is happening at 3 o'clock, the tournament's over. So they close it about 2.30 to start the judging. They don't open it till about 5.36. So I looked that night, and I can, like, guys are docked against the shore. They're so shallow. <laughs> and they've got 19 and a half inch smallies on their catch board. Oh, you were way too deep. You think? Oh, <laughs> just, I'm no, like nothing every, like Stevie obvious, but every, yeah, you were way too deep. Every single picture, you can see the the bottom of the water, like it's like right, like they're docked. I'd have to put, I'd have to pull my motor up. They were so shallow, and I'm just like, oh, why didn't I just do that? Why didn't I? Because well, I, I mean, was set in my head. Learned, right? What's that? These are lessons learned. You, you, you look it at is. the leaderboard. Maybe they give you something away for, for where they are, the surroundings, what kind of. Uh, 100%. Why didn't I do that? Well, why didn't I at least go try and fish the shoreline? Cause I seen enough guys fishing the shoreline. Why didn't I go like there's 93 kayaks in this lake in Lake Ramsey. It's not a big lake. There's kayaks everywhere you turn. Why didn't I go try to fish near one of them? Cause obviously that somebody had something figured out, Yeah, but I didn't, well, I was yeah. trying to pioneer it myself. And that's where I always hang up myself. Cause I want to be a trendsetter. I want, I'm the hipster, right? I was catching fish before you were, you even knew what fish were not no you were zero you were <laughs> you were one of 15 so i mean i guess you did set a trend like the bottom of it the, might not even have been 15 i mean i could look while we're on here <laughs> it might have been like one <laughs> you were it no no there was others there was others but but yeah, yeah it was uh so now the coolest well, part was coming back in because when you dock at a beach at five in the morning there's nobody there but kayakers how However, on the very first nice Saturday of the year in Sudbury, and probably the, the warmest because it's Sudbury, <laughs> uh, when you come in, that beach is full of people, and now you've got n- like 40 kayaks, 30 kayaks coming into where they launched in the morning, all at three o'clock with families swimming in the water. <laughs> Let's say it was a motor up kind of paddle in so that you didn't take somebody's heads off. <laughs> well, did they have the like the deck chair? with the three guys playing the fiddle like on the Titanic uh, you know coming there just to in my head uh, fiddle you in and say oh the sympathy march for, for right? Todd Millard okay so the last person out of 93 anglers I was 85th, but I was tied. Technically I'm tied for 73rd. So out of 93 (laughs) anglers, they stopped catching fish at 73. Okay. But from 73 all the way to 54, they were all only one fish catches. So they didn't figure it out. They just got lucky. Is that what it is? Yeah. See, and I'm yeah. looking at theirs, their pictures, and you can't see the bottom in their pictures, so you know they, they were like not you. in shallow. They were in deep water yeah. with me. All right. Well, lesson learned. I guess there's only one way to go from here, is, and that's up. Next so. one's Lake St. Clair, and then the day after that, which is opening day, and the day after that is Rondo Bay. Well, you've got enough time to Google. Both of those are in my hood, brother. I've never had one of these tournaments come this way. They've always okay. been way up well, north. I expect big things from you because you already, just set the bar. I t- I'm going on record. It's already mapped. Navionics, done. Petey is the king of smallmouth bass in St. Clair. And, okay. And he has already shared me his pins. Is he going to catch the fish for you? <laughs> you should. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> 
<laughs> I would only employ him to do that because they say fish are att- attracted to estrogen. So oh, maybe he would have more than I. <laughs> but okay, well. yeah, I said it. Pete, what you going to do about it? But anyway, the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So I've already got it. I've already talked to him. I've already got it marked where he slams them. And I mean, dude, pictures to back this up nonstop. So he's like, this is where you got to be. Go from here to here. You're good to go. Uh, I'm like, I'm ready to rock. I'm, I'm right. ready to dance. So St. Clair's and then Rondo, me and my brother-in-law hit that like crazy last year yeah. on off tournament days. Like when it wasn't tournament fishing weekends, I know where to go in Rondo. You just got to be, it's not big. So you got to be early. You got to be there first. Yeah. So good deal. Well, that was, uh, was a good podcast tonight. Unfortunately, there was not a whole lot of success stories in this podcast. Tonight. We can be humble. See, and that's what I wanted. <laughs> the, the whole point of this podcast, I think, I think, cause I'm saying it after the fact that it's going to make my ego feel a little bit better. It doesn't make you any less of a hunter or a fisherman. Because you didn't. Well, I've been telling you that for years. Life creeps guy, up right? on you, and we're like, and, I can. And, and when you don't, when you're not the successful, almost guy, okay, you're not wrong. This the is your guy. theme. This is your. This is your <laughs> podcast. Welcome to my house of pain, everybody. <laughs> I hope it's not contagious. We just shake this. I got to get to the doctor. Get me a prescription. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, when when money. when life comes in bills, you got to pay. You got to do things. Doesn't make you any less of a hunter. Don't ever feel bad because you didn't hunt as much as you have the year before. You don't hunt as much as the other guy you're still a hunter still a fisherman i, I don't I, and we don't uh, we don't uh, think any less of anybody we just want to get out there and, and make the memories when we can where we can so good luck everybody in the uh, this week and we'll as far as i'm concerned we should wrap this up we'll wrap it up we'll talk yep. to you in, uh, in a little bit bill i gotta wake dad up and let him know we're done <laughs> take care <laughs> Oh, there he is. <laughs> hey, he's back. <laughs> What'd you do this week, Dad? Well, I... <laughs> right, right on. Have a good one, good Bill. Night. See you later. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. And I'm Todd. And thanks for listening. And folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week. <laughs> <laughs>